You are listening to the Not Neurotypical Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and this podcast is all about being neurodivergent in a really neurotypical world. I am a married mom of three, or well, I'm trying to stay married, and I also work, or well, I try to work. Well, anyway, if you don't mind me using you as therapy, strap on your seatbelts, hold on tight, because it's probably going to be a bumpy ride. Hello and welcome to the Not Neurotypical Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and we are already into episode five, which is all about the box that we put ourselves in. And what exactly does that mean? Well, first, I want to start by talking about October 2019 is ADHD Awareness Month. And I think that this month should be about not only ADHD awareness, but also acceptance of the differences that children and adults with ADHD have. And if you haven't listened to my other episodes. I was diagnosed with ADHD around 12, which was about 1997. And in those days, no one was talking about autism, especially not in young girls. And if you were different and smart, I say that in quotes, you pretty much just got a an ADHD diagnosis. There was no, um, let's look deeper into this or whatever. And my parents got me diagnosed. I was put on Adderall, which was brand new at the time, probably came out like two years before that. And the medicine worked. So that was it. My parents washed their hands of the situation. We got her fixed. She's good. But now we know that was not the case for me. So yes, I was diagnosed at 12. I was medicated for about five years or so. Um, Once I started the medication, it was amazing. I did instantly better in school. I could focus. I was even doing better in things that I enjoyed. So I myself loved the person I became and I didn't have to try so hard. But what I learned most is that medication does not solve all your problems. So it's so important to have medication be just a part of your treatment of whatever you are dealing with. And in the 90s with ADHD, doctors didn't discuss that. And I still hear about the fact that people um, in the medical community still just kind of medicate and then you're on your own. But I think it's so important that we talk about not only ADHD awareness, but ADHD acceptance for the community as a whole, but for yourself, because ADHD, just like ASD, looks so different in everybody. And women are just now getting their voice in ADHD, which typically looks very, very different. Inattentive ADHD is not typically hyperactive. They are typically in a more of what they would say a dream world, their heads in the clouds. Um, They're not focusing looks very different than the typical nine-year-old boy that we think of who just can't sit still in class. And So what has happened now is just like ASD, there are a lot of late diagnosis happening in the community of ADHD, and a lot of them are women getting diagnosed with their children, just like me with autism and my son. So I think I wanted to really discuss 
the box that we put ourselves in because I think it's huge awareness and um, it's tied into acceptance of ourselves. And what better time to do that than ADHD Awareness Month? Because what I have found personally is that when we grow up, when you are developing into your own little human, you learn what is acceptable and what is not acceptable in various situations. And when you are neurodivergent like me, and like I've said many times, I'm diagnosed with ASD and ADHD, but this affects anyone who's neurodivergent, which is ASD, ADHD, Tourette's, dyslexia, and some other learning disabilities, etc. Um, it's really hard to navigate those scenarios as a kid. So what you kind of do is just fake it, right? So you are seeing how you're supposed to be. You see how parents and teachers and people around you react when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, but you don't quite have that understanding yet of, well, this is what I'm supposed to do and this is really hard for me, but I don't know how to share that, so I'm just going to fake it. And in the autism community, we call this masking, but I think a lot of ADHD people diagnosed with ADHD, especially children, do the same thing. And it might be for a little bit of different reasons, but it's equally hurtful because we are trying to be something that is hard for us that we know we're supposed to do. And we don't communicate that we're faking it. All of a sudden, we are getting rewarded. Oh, great job. You sat still in class all day. I am so proud of you. And when you're a kid and that is really hard for you and you had to try so hard and you felt like you had to fake who you were to do it and then you're getting rewarded for it, it is very confusing. And this is where the box starts. Society has put you in a box and told you what is acceptable and what is unacceptable, which is typically things that are hard for us when you're neurodivergent, right? Sitting still in class, be quiet, only speak when you're spoken to, you raise your hand before you're called on, you um, don't talk over adults, You adults are talking, you don't need to speak, um, or just many situations like, you know, don't do that. Why are you touching that? Um, I mean, there is so much that we learn. And when you're neurodivergent, it feels like you have to fake it to be accepted. So what I am dealing with right now and what I really want to share with you is I am kind of deprogramming myself right now. And I, it's hard. It's not easy. And what I mean by deprogramming is that I, through reward systems as a kid, taught myself to fake and to pretend and to learn what I needed to do. I say that in quotes. And I have found that now as an adult, I am still doing this crap where I feel like I have to do things a certain way or the right way or whatever it may be. For example, as a mother, you feel pressure like, oh, my kids need to be in, in a certain amount of community classes and or like programs, or I need to do this and I need to have a certain amount of friends, or I need to go out a couple times a month and have fun social experiences. Or, I mean, there's a million things. These are things that apply to me. 
but what if I don't like that stuff? Or what if my kids don't like it? Why do I feel this pressure? And we can blame it on society or I can see it as it is with, oh, wow, I am placing this pressure on me and my family that isn't even real. This is not even real stuff. Like, why am I worried about it? It's because I can go right back to six or seven years old. It's because I did not navigate those experiences as a kid of how I was supposed to be in a healthy way because I just put a mask on and did what I thought I was supposed to do. And my parents had no idea. Well, they did when I was melting down. But in most situations, my parents, my teachers, my friends had no idea that I was faking it and that I was miserable on the inside and that I wasn't into it because people around me were happy with me. And that's really what made me feel good at the time as a kid when I was developing. So of course I am doing the same crap as an adult, right? And so I was just diagnosed in July, which is about literally two, three months ago and, or three or four months ago, actually now. Um, And the mask came off and I've talked about that in this podcast and it's been really hard and it's getting easier. I want to report that. It's all getting a lot easier. My first two months were very, very confusing and I struggled with a lot of situations like what am I going to be like now? What if people don't like me without my mask on? Um, Can I be myself? And I want to say that it's gotten a lot easier and I'm still the same person I was. I didn't feel like it though. So that's why it was so confusing. I felt so different because I was accepting myself as a 35 year old woman, mom, business owner, all of that. And it's getting easier. And the things that I'm working on right now is how to approach all of this in a really healthy way. And the deprogramming is so important because why put extra pressure on ourselves if we don't have to? There is so many times that I'm like, oh, I need to do this. And if I just take a step back and think, why do I need to do this? Is it because I have a responsibility to do so? Or is it just because I am not really thinking this through and I feel like I have to? Am I hurting anyone if I don't do this? Are my kids going to, you know, get lose some value in something if they don't want to do this and they don't do it? And I would say 95% of the time, I was putting myself in the box and no big deal. Like, I just don't have to do that. You know what? I don't have to go to every family party. If I'm overwhelmed, um, why? Why do I have to go? I can just say, you know what? this, I, I'm just not able, I'm not able to make it right. You don't have to say anything crazy. You don't have to go into it. You don't have to say, Oh, I'm just really overwhelmed and I'm melting down and blah, blah, blah. You can just say, Oh, I'm really sorry. I can't make it. That's it. Or what about your kids having a rough day and you told someone you were going to do something? Just don't do it. It's okay. Take that time for yourself. Take yourself out of the box Because you, most likely as an adult, have made the box yourself 
and blame society, which is perfectly normal if you're not really thinking about it because you didn't handle these situations great as a kid and it wasn't your job to. So don't even blame yourself for that either because we didn't know what was going on. We just got rewarded for doing things a certain way and we, being smart creatures that we are, decided that, okay, this is how I need to do things for people to be happy with me. And that's really sad. And it's something that I don't want my children to feel. And it's something that I am very sensitive to with my own kids because it affected me so much and still affects me, obviously, because I'm talking about this right now. But I feel like so many people listening are going to be able to relate to this. So When you are just feeling pressure to do something or to be a certain way, take that step back and ask, why? Why do I feel like I need to do this? Do you have a spouse that is adding to the pressure? If you do, you may need to have a discussion with them and explain. I did not navigate this well as a kid, feeling like I had to do certain things. And I would like to discuss how we can navigate this together better, like how you cannot put pressure on me unless I feel like I need it. Like maybe I will ask you for help when I need it or otherwise I can communicate. I don't feel like I can do this right now and I just ask that you respect me or go to therapy together. I mean, that's so important when you're married, Um, but it might be other family members too. It might even be your kids. Your kids definitely have expectations and or things they want to do. And there might be times that you can't do it. Don't kill yourself to please other people. If your kid's going to be fine or maybe you can get help. Maybe your kid wants to do something and you just can't ask your spouse, ask your parents if they can help you. But the big thing is to just ask for help and know your limits and set those healthy boundaries. And like I always say, I'm not an expert. I am learning, but this is stuff that I'm working on right now is asking for help, setting healthy boundaries, and starting at the beginning, just thinking about how I am not going to build these walls around myself that I thought were correct as a kid and now I'm learning were not correct. I needed acceptance and understanding as a kid. I did not need pressure and demands put on me and all of this other all of the other things that didn't fit me as a kid. So why are we doing this to ourselves? As adults. And I just want to point out that navigating this as an adult is just as hard because we still might have communication issues or trouble processing things or how to communicate with others around us of of the help we need. It's still hard. But the great thing is that you can start from the beginning. And the first step is deciding what you need to do and what can be done later. Or, you know what, I'm putting pressure on myself that I don't even need. Or, how is this pressure going to help me? It doesn't help me. I'm eliminating 
this from my own mind. Like it's so important to get out of our heads, take that step back and just decide I'm not going to add to this. Um, I feel enough pressure from the people around me. I am going to take a step back and set healthy boundaries and have these discussions with my family or my spouse or my kids that it's okay that I don't do this right now. I'm not hurting anyone, but I was hurting myself by doing this or acting this certain way in situations where it didn't feel right to me. So it's hard and it's just as hard as when you're a kid. And I am probably having an even harder time because when I was a kid with ADHD, I didn't know I had ASD yet. I just kind of went with the flow and I didn't like um, being the per- being confrontational. So I just went with the flow. And at the time, that was what was seemed like what was best for me. Now I know it really, really wasn't, but I didn't have anyone to speak for me or to really get to know me. I didn't have anyone who saw me struggling and reached out ever. I never had that. Um, I think when I would have meltdowns, I heard, you know, what is wrong with you? Why are you having a problem with this? Just do it. This is, this is life that's life. I heard that all the time. And you are still as an adult at the risk of hearing that. So prepare yourself. Before you have these conversations, be prepared that people are not going to understand and the burden is on you to make them understand and explain. This hurts me because blank. And if you're better writing it down, write it down and send an email and say, I know you might be better talking, but I need just need to write this all out. Please read it and then we can discuss if you have any questions or anything like that. I mean, I am so much better writing things down, especially when it's confrontational because I often, if there's a back and forth, I just kind of back down because I'm an avoider. When things get tough, I tend to avoid situations, which is not always healthy, but... I guess in the moment, it makes me feel like I need to retreat and take cover and kind of get away from these negative emotions or whatever. Um, people don't often read read it that way. They, they read it like I'm annoying and I just don't want to deal with them. Um, and I've gotten better at it, but I've, I have found that being fully prepared and being ready for any pushback or people trying to understand or or just having it all laid out helps me communicate properly. So be prepared for the same type of responses that you got as a kid when you weren't happy with a situation because it's the same thing. It's they don't understand. Neurotypical people don't understand why we can't handle certain things. And it's our job when you have invisible disabilities that people can't see. I mean, a lot of us really don't have the physical side of it unless you're melting down. Obviously, people can see that, but they still just assume you're crazy or whatever else they want to say. Um, be prepared. Be prepared for people to respond just like your parents did when you were a kid or teachers or people just not understanding. And that's a healthy way to approach it as well because... The burden is on us to educate the people around us and become our own advocate. And that's the only way we're going to grow into an area. Because when you when you take yourself out of the box, people 
aren't going to understand that unless you explain why. It's going to look like, oh, you're just going to stop talking to me or, oh, you're only going to come to family parties like half the time now. What's that about? And you have to tell them. And if they don't understand, that's fine. You explained it. You're going to have to let it go. Another part of becoming an adult, it sucks. Sometimes people aren't going to understand things and you don't need to talk about it forever and they're just going to have to understand or not understand and let it go. And you're also going to have to just accept that they don't understand and let it go. And life can go on. It really can. And this is something, by the way, that is very, very hard for me. When I have that feeling that I fully explained myself and someone doesn't understand, it makes me never want to see that person again. I don't really know why, but it's like every time I see them, it's something I think about and I'm like, it's the anxiety, but I'm like, oh my God, what are they, are they thinking about it right now? Like, are they judging me in their head? I mean, it's crazy, but this is who I am. I mean, if there was a confrontation that didn't end up in yelling, but I didn't feel validated in the end, I will totally just go nuts in my head with anxiety of like, oh my God, these people, they don't get me or um, I will take it personally, but I'm learning to just try to let it go and move on. And you know what? I have. And the next couple of times, like the first couple of times, it might be a little weird, but you do get over it. You really do. And the anxiety in a certain situation, as long as the continued, um, as long as the negative talk doesn't continue, you can get over it. You can just get over it. They'll move on. You'll move on. Um, Yeah, I really struggle with that, honestly. (laughs) But these are all the things that I'm really working on right now. And I think it applies to ADHD just as much as those with an ASD diagnosis because this we got the same treatment in a lot of ways as kids. You just need to do this. You just need to be this way. Why are you doing that? Why can't you sit still? You cannot cry out in public. Why are you freaking out right now? Or here's the best. You're embarrassing me. How many parents, how many people have parents who have said that to them out in public? Stop it. You're embarrassing me. And you know what? I, with ADHD and ASD, have said that to my son. And I feel really, really horrible about that. Like I've, I've been thinking about it a lot. There is this idea that if you have something that your kid has, you're supposed to be better. Um, or you're supposed to be more understanding or there's this idea like, oh, you're fine. Your kid's fine. You have it. You guys are going to be great. But we need just as much of, of support and understanding from the people around us because for one, we both have it. (laughs) And then, um, everyone with ADHD and ASD is different. So you still have to learn your kid. You still have to figure out what works for them. You are still a parent that needs help and his, it's going to take time and you have to figure out what's going to work because I'm telling you what works for my son was not what worked for me. And I had to figure all of that out. And I so wish the ASD diagnosis along with him helped, um, all of it. And in some ways it did. I do. I am more understand. I think I am more understanding or I bounced into the role of being 
not only an autistic mom, but an autistic mom of an, an autistic child. I definitely filled that role maybe a little faster than someone else would who was going through this without that understanding of the struggle that kids go through. But I still, there's still a lot of work to be done. And this idea that you are, you're fine because you have, oh, you you have it. Your kid has it. You have it. You're fine. That is just not the case. And if you're listening and you have a child that is, um, you know, diagnosed with whatever and you don't have it, um, I just want to be clear that it's, it doesn't really make it any easier. Um, I know I've heard parents talk about that, like, oh, I kind of wish I had this as a kid uh, so I could better understand it. But we're all different. We are all different. My son is so different than me. And my daughter, who I do not believe has ADHD, but is on her path to get her ASD diagnosis, she is so different than my son and so different than me in a lot of ways. So I'm learning her too. And she has a couple delays. And my son never had a delay. And as far as I know, I never had a delay. So it's a whole new world. Each child is is their own person and I am my own person and I am not autism. I am an autistic and ADHD adult and you can't put us in a box with that either. And I think we do that to ourselves as well, right? You have a diagnosis and you put yourself in this box. Oh, I can't do that. I, I'm autistic. I can't go there. That's crazy. I'm autistic. Or I can't do that job that I feel like I would be passionate about. I'm, I have ADHD. That would suck. Or, oh, I'm not studying that. I, uh, I have ADHD. That would be torture. But I'm super into it. It's just like we do not put yourself in that box. Just give yourself the treatment that you need. Therapy, coaching, or consulting. Um, medication if necessary, whatever it is, if you are having um, symptoms from anything that is seriously hindering your daily life, go get treatment for that. Are you crazy? Just kidding. (laughs) But seriously, why suffer if you don't have to? The medication stigma out there, especially with ADHD stimulants, is insane. Did you know that stimulants are the reason that ADHD as we know it today was even found, basically? I mean, there was people kind of hinting towards ADHD at the time, but in 1937, there was this whole other study going on of kids that were institutionalized for behavior issues, and a doctor was like... Um, doing all these crazy testings, like taking too much spinal fluid at a time out of these children. This is really terrible. But to treat their terrible headaches from low spinal fluid in the testing, he gave them stimulants. And what he noticed was that it did not help with the headaches, but these kids all of a sudden were very improved in not only their behavior, they improved in their focus for school and all of this other stuff. And that was the birth of, wow, stimulants help these certain symptoms. And he did a case study and he took 10 kids who had these similar symptoms and 10 kids that didn't. And the stimulants worked on the kids who had those specific symptoms, which are now ADHD symptoms. And it didn't really work for the kids who didn't. And the kids reported, you know, different effects of the stimulant than 
the kids who didn't have those symptoms. So very interesting stuff, but um, stimulants have been around for over a hundred years and Ritalin has been around since the early sixties, I believe. And if there was really like huge health issues and all of that, that goes around, oh no, it's like a street drug. You know, you hear that all the time. Um, we would know about it by now. I mean, Adderall has been around for over 20 years and there has been people who have been taking Adderall for over 20 years for Ritalin for over 40 years. You know, it's, it's just something that is, is crazy. So if you need medication, um, it doesn't hurt to go try and see if it improves your symptoms. And that's another thing. Medication doesn't have to be permanent. You can try it out, see how it goes with your medical professional and get yourself into the treatment that you need and stop listening to the stigma that you should just be okay on your own. That is ableism and it's hurtful and harmful. And I will say it forever. I'll say it, just yell it off of the mountain. Why suffer if you don't have to? I did it to myself. I did it to myself. All of my 20s, I did not want to have to take medication to function in my normal daily life. And I suffered. I went from job to job to job. I had a lot of personal issues going on um, because I couldn't keep a job. I... um, always was having financial troubles. I moved all over. I couldn't stay in one spot. Um, just like a lot of issues that I didn't necessarily have to have. And I have no regrets because it has made me the person I am today. It's made me a really good ADHD consultant to my clients. And if you want to possibly look into having an ADHD coach or an ASD coach that kinds of help that helps with your steps that you may take um, for daily life to improve in certain areas, definitely reach out to me. Um, you can PM me on Instagram at Laura Stan, that's L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N, or you can email me at Laura Stan, L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N at iCloud.com. And we can discuss that, but that should also be a part of your total treatment, just like medication, just like therapy, coaching and consulting is not a replacement for therapy. So that's something to mention, but give yourself a well-rounded, like eat a good diet exercise. I mean, that's huge for ADHD and ASD and just brain function. I mean, exercise is amazing for brain function. Diet is so important for brain functioning. Functioning, um, Coaching can help majorly. Therapy is so important. Find that therapist that's going to really understand you and help you grow. And for a lot of us, medication is important. I take it. I have to, to function. I take it every day. Um, because I'm a mom of three, I have a lot of responsibilities and I want to make sure that I'm there for everyone, including myself. And that's the thing is that ADHD medication not only makes sure that I can do everything I need to do as a mom, as a business owner, it helps me do what I need to do for myself as well. It helps me in every area. And sometimes I have some negative side effects. Normally that's because I might not be eating or drinking enough water properly, but overall it's, it's such a help to me in my daily life. So don't listen to the stigma. 
Um, there are non-stimulants as well. Sometimes stimulants does not work. Um, if you have s- symptoms of not being able to focus and things like that, talk to your doctor about a non-stimulant if you're scared or worried about taking a stimulant, but it doesn't hurt to try it. And if you hate it, don't take it and try something else. Um, that's such a big one for ADHD awareness. And um, another thing as a kid, like I hear it all the time from parents, and I even did this to my own son who was struggling a lot with ADHD symptoms in school. And in my head, it was like, oh, I'm going to wait for his grades to drop before I give him ADHD medication. And looking back, I don't understand. The only thing I can decide is that that's stigma. Because if your kid is going to school and struggling and just having to try really hard and coming home and just not being okay and and being frustrated with school and this is so hard for me, mom, you know, I heard that all the time. I don't want to go. I hate this. But they're getting good grades. Is it really just all about the grades? If the medication is going to help them function and feel better about their daily life, why not give it to them? I waited until my son was eight years old to start medication, and he would have greatly benefited from the stimulant medication as early as first grade, I believe. Kindergarten was fine. He was fine in kindergarten. He had a good time. It was mostly play-based, but when it started to get more serious, it was hard for him and he was getting good grades. And why did I not allow him to get the help to function just a little bit better and easier? Did it fix all his problems? No, it does not fix all your problems. But that's something that I regret. And I just want to throw that out there. Think about that. Does it have to be all about grades for your kid? It doesn't really make sense. Um, And my parents did the same thing. I didn't get on medication until my grades started dropping. Um, but that's not the only thing to consider. It's, it shouldn't be all about grades. It should be about your kid's daily life. Same for you, right? Give yourself the same treatment. Um, say you like your job and you do good output. So you're, you're meeting demands at work, but if you could have medication, just help you have a better day. Like if you're killing yourself every day at work, to meet the demands of the job or the deadlines or whatever you need, why not take some medication to make that a little easier and less frustrating? And maybe every night isn't going to be you coming home and just feeling so exhausted and frustrated and tired and you can't do anything else. That sounds horrible. So it's something to consider. It shouldn't be all about your work output. It shouldn't be all about grades. It should be about improving daily functioning. And is this going to work? Is this going to help? That's it. So that's all stuff that I have been dealing with. I've been thinking about, I wanted to share, um, that we have the power to take ourselves out of the boxes that we believe we're supposed to be in. And we don't have to be in a box. We do not have to. It's a beautiful thing to take yourself out of the box and think, why am I putting this pressure on me? Of course, other people put this pressure on me, but I'm an adult now and I don't have to do this. If it's not hurting anybody and it's going to help you, take yourself out of the box. Take the mask off. 
respect yourself, be healthy, set healthy boundaries. Don't do something only because you think you should. That is the first step to truly growing and respecting yourself. And that is what I am working on today. We have come to the end of episode five, all about taking ourselves out of the box and ADHD awareness and acceptance month. Thank you so much for listening. If you are really enjoying these episodes and this podcast, please leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. And if you don't like anything or have some constructive criticism, please email me. I would love to hear what you have to say. My email is laurastan, that's L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N at iCloud.com. Follow me on Instagram at laurastan. And also send me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear your journey and hear what you're going through. And also know, are you going through these same things right now? Let's connect. And thank you once again for listening. Until next time.